Welcome to another episode of the Underground Bunker Podcast. This is your proprietor, Tony Ortega. Once again, I'm with Apostate Alex, Alex Barnes-Ross. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks, Tony. Thank you for, for having me back. How are you? Great, because uh, this morning we have once again collaborated. We've done something together again. This one's really great. I'm so I'm so grateful that you included me on this, uh, just to give people a little... First of all, let's point out, right now, over at Alex's site, ScientologyBusiness.com, we've got a story written by yours truly, based on some really interesting emails that Alex got a hold of. The backstory is, if you all remember, when Alex was preparing for his protest of the IAS back in November, early November in East Grinstead, in the days coming up to it, we were hearing different things about Alex was trying to shut down a street, but we were hearing that Scientology had somehow blocked it. I remember you and I, Alex, behind the scenes, we're like, you know, what's going on? What, you know, we're trying to get the information. Uh, and then things went great. Your, your protest went off. I really liked the way you handled it. I really liked your signage. You really had the right attitude towards being supportive of the people that you were protesting. Um, but then you did a great thing. You asked because... We knew that Scientology was interacting with these public officials. When they do that, their emails, you can get through a records request. And so you did that. You asked for a records, you made a records request and asked for emails between uh, about the protests. And you turned those over to me so I could take a look at them. Really interesting. Because now we get an idea of where all that craziness was going on. Uh, in the days leading up to the protest, it turns out that you, on like October 10th or something, you had sent a detailed email to the Mid-Sussex District Council, which I guess is a step above the East Gridstead Town Council. Kind of Maybe it's something like a county board of supervisors like we have in the United States. And you had sent them a detailed description of the, of the protest you were going to have the street, the streets you were going to go down that you wanted to march on, the the idea of closing some streets, and based on the emails that these district council employees sent each other that we got our hands on, it must have been minutes after you made that request that one of the counselors, a man, a man whose name and I'm not kidding, actually is Dick Sweatman. Dick Sweatman, literally within minutes, made a request on behalf of Scientology to shut down the same roads to keep you out. We know this because, we, like I said, we got the emails between the employees talking about Counselor Sweatman is asking. And it was literally hours after you had made your request. So... And we we found some other things you'll see in the article. We found some other details that are really interesting. But to me, this is this is just like gold because we know we talk. You know, Alex, you and I both talk about safe pointing, about how Scientology works with local government officials. But this is one of the times we've had it so well laid out, where Scientology's pet, this counselor Dick Sweatman, and maybe you should give us some background on some other things you've seen him do for the Church of Scientology, when, once you laid out to them what you wanted done, he sprung into action to try to get a closure on behalf of Scientology, even though 
the Scientology compound isn't even in his district. Amazing. Tell us about Dick Sweatman, Alan. Yeah, I mean, look, Scientology love themselves a bit of Dick Sweatman. Um, they can't get enough. Uh, Dick Sweatman has been a huge supporter of Scientology for a very long period of time. Um, he was the mayor of East Grinstead for a period of time. He used to be a East Grinstead town councillor. He's now stepped up a level and is at the district level. Um, just for context, above the district level is the is West Sussex County Council. So that's like your state Um and then above that is the national government, um, which is Westminster. So he's the next level up from East Grinstead Town Council now. But but he's been around for a long period of time in local government. And he laps up every bit of Scientology promo and PR opportunities he can possibly get. He loves going to events um, and has a very, very close relationship with St. Hill. Um, you know, when he was mayor, he opened the UK Narconon Centre that they open in East Sussex. There's pictures of him all over the Scientology website of, you know, Mayor uh, Dick Sweatman applauds the, the wonders of Narconon program and so on. Um, there are numerous videos on the Scientology website from various events, the fireworks, the bonfire night from years gone past, not just when he was mayor, but when he's a representative as a councillor, but also when he's not acting in an official capacity. He's still in videos as Dick Sweatman, um, you know, and it comes up with his name and he's going how wonderful it is to see the close relationship between Scientology and the council. They work together on lots of things. They provide lots of great support and events for the community, blah, blah, blah. He loves Scientology. Scientology loves him. And these emails just show the closeness of that relationship because now in his new role as a district councillor, he is St. Hill isn't in their jurisdiction. He doesn't represent the area. He's in a different area. And yet as soon as Scientology heard that there was a protest going on, their instinct wasn't to email the council like I did to say, hey, can I get a road closure? Their instinct was to pick up the phone to Dick Sweatman and go, hey, we've got a problem. Can you sort it out for us? And he's gone, sure, no problem. And he's emailed the person who I emailed and said, hey, uh, the Scientology would like to close the road. You know, how, how can they do that? And even the person who works for the council that deals with road closures thought it was strange. I mean, I, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I get the message from those emails that like, why is this guy asking on behalf of site? Like, why don't they ask? It took them a little while to put two and two together and realize that Dick was asking for a closure on the same day that you were asking for the march. Uh, you can see it in the email. They talk about that. He's like, oh, it, I guess they're on the same day. So it was like Dick was trying to be sneaky about the whole thing. It, it's typical Scientology stance of you know, just calling up and going, oh, hey, yeah, we'd like to close the road on this day for a parade. Not mentioning that there's actually not going to be a parade. And the real reason is because if they get control over the road, that means we can't protest. Like, they're just playing innocent. It's like, hey, we'd like to... And it, hope, it's lucky that... We're lucky that the council put two and two together and have their wits about them and realised what was going on. But it would have been quite easy in a larger council, for example, with more employees and lots of moving parts, it would have been quite easy for both road closures to have been approved and there to be an issue on the day and so on. Like, we're lucky that the, the employees of Mid-Sussex District Council did their due diligence and are kind of on the ball. 
but it's a typical example of how Scientology's tactics of navigating local policy works. And again, it just really highlights how in their pocket Dick Sweatman is because, you know, it just took a phone call and he was on to it. And, and let me point out, once we put the emails together and looked at them, I did send an email to Dick Sweatman. I, I had his email address because it's in it was in the email chain. Uh, did not receive a reply. And uh, sent a nice email hoping to talk to the guy, but he did not respond. Uh, another thing that came out in those emails was that you sent another email a little later pointing out to them there's this... Uh, uh, way that ordinances that work there where you are where uh, a place like Scientology has a license and their license holder and part of their responsibility is if you're going to have a few thousand friends over for a party you have to notify the district it's spelled out in black and white and so as uh, this was going on they sort of noticed, oh, uh, we didn't know there was going to be this going on. Once you realized they didn't know, you pointed out to them, hey, by law, they were supposed to notify you. If they haven't notified you, it's a breach that calls for a 20,000-pound fine or up to six months imprisonment. What are you doing about it? What was really interesting in the subsequent emails from there is the one employee apparently contacted Janet Laveau at Scientology, asked her about it, and she told them, oh no, I told employee number two. So employee number one then emails employee number two and says, she said you knew about it. And email to, uh, employee number two emails back and said, I didn't know about it. Right there, spelling it right there, demonstrating how they were being lied. Not only was Scientology not telling them that they got this giant party coming, but that they then lied about it when they were asked about it. So that's another thing that these emails established. And the other thing that you pointed out to me was that the uh, employee number one then decided, you know, well, you know, she she's new, right? And uh, and you pointed out that's not true at all, is it? Yeah, that's the thing. So Janet LeBlanc is playing them against each other and lying about who she told and so on. And then when she gets made, when they figure it out, she goes, oh, well, I'm sorry. I, you know, it's my first time doing this. Janet Laveau has been the commanding officer of OSA UK for, I'm pretty sure, two decades. Mike Rinder remembers working with her when he was over here trying to negotiate the Charity Commission ruling, which was in 1999. She knows what she's doing. She has had her hands all over the IES event for decades. This is absolutely not the first time that she's been in charge of it. It may have been the first time she's had responsibility for the liaison with the council i imagine in times gone past there has been a seorg member whose job it was to do that and maybe that person's left or you know has been posted elsewhere or whatever is on the rpf so it could potentially be the first time janet has had that direct liaison um but it's not the first time that she's known about what's going on and how to do it and she's just pleaded the innocence card and mid sussex district council bought it because at the time they were like oh okay give her benefit of the doubt and that's why the resulting punishment for breaking the license was just an email saying you need to do this in the future and i was trying to make the point at the time of like no this is they're lying to you this is not the case 
um and this is a serious offense and they know it it's it's complete manipulation of their relationship with the local government well you know i have a feeling that over there that kind of thing is more troubling to officials than it would be here i, I don't know i've just got my fingers crossed that a story like the one we're putting out today, Alex, may actually have an effect. I, I have a feeling that that the politicians over there actually do care about this more than American politicians would. Um, and then, for example, I, I really think that it's important that the East Grinstead Town Council is hearing some stuff. That was the other story that we worked on this week. You let me know that the East Grinstead Town Council, so that's just the one that's the most local, that has this mayor visser who's like dick sweatman has been uh showing up at all these events and glad handing the scientologists and stuff and they rewarded him by getting him to the mission impossible premiere so he could meet tom cruise uh mayor visser held a town council on tuesday i think it was and i had asked uh for a zoom uh uh link so i could watch and because over there any member can can of the public can listen in even if they're not a resident so i got to watch and four people spoke up during public question period and asked very direct very troubling questions about east grinstead's connection to scientology and the kind of things that scientology does and um you know Look, I've seen these public questions at other, you know, things here in America, and politicians are always very good at fending it off and not taking it very seriously. And Visser was very skilled at just move along, move along. Although he did say, you know, this is not the right forum for it. And it makes you wonder, well, where what is the right forum? That that didn't make sense to me. But the follow-up that you told me about was that once they posted that video to YouTube. They just cut off that whole part. What was the disclaimer they put on it? So I think just firstly, I just want to clarify that, yes, Fraser Vista is very good at fending things off and playing it down. But um, the council were very rattled by um, my appearance three weeks ago and asking a simple question. And, and you know, you've got to bear in mind there were two people watching that Zoom meeting on the 8th of January. That's pretty unusual right for east Grinstead town council not they don't normally have a huge number of people watching and taking part anyway so they were already a little bit rattled by one person showing up and asking a question about scientology and then the following meeting which was as you say earlier this week for four people to ask questions i think six or seven people showed up to watch online plus there were three people in the room i understand it, like this is for them probably the most exciting council meeting they've had in years like they don't normally have this much attention and it rattled them that this is clearly a sign of support and this is a clearly important issue fraser was trying to to brush it off yes and he did a you know a pretty terrible job at it because it just raised more eyebrows and as you say when they uploaded the video to youtube it was with the disclaimer that said something along the lines of we've taken out um due to the sensitive nature of the questions we've taken it out to protect any potential persons from potential legal um repercussions which i just think is outrageous because the only people that they are protecting by doing that are the church of scientology because of the four questions danielle chamberlain 
um she came up very i have to commend her massively for her bravery and her courage and her strength in in really pushing for this she spoke about the abuse that she suffered at saint hill and where she was thrown in the chain locker by Elron hubbard on the flagship apollo as a teenager and raped and horrible she horrible 12. she wasn't even a teenager she was 12 12 exactly it's it's disgusting and it's a horrible story of abuse and neglect and she's a been very brave in in sharing that and speaking about that story but she used that as context of this is what happened to me and her question was how do you make think that it makes me feel when i see you going to these events and you know walking up on stage and trotting around with your chain on taking checks from scientology how does that make me feel you know what what it, i think is a very valid question she didn't accuse anybody of anything she didn't say this person did this to me or scientology are responsible she didn't say it's the council's responsibility to protect people or stop this from happening or stepping in she just said this happened to me how do you think that makes me feel and there were three other people who asked equally valid questions. Well, the, the second he... person up, yeah, the second person up was was really smart because what he did was he first prefaced it by saying, I looked at your website and your website has language about modern slavery and trafficking and that East Quinstead's not going to, you know, participate in, in doing anything that would help that. So if that's the case, Church of Scientology is being sued for trafficking right now in the United States. Why are you helping out this organization? Great question. And and Visser like, well, that has nothing to do with the budget. This isn't the right forum, you know, which is what he's going to do. But I just thought that was smart because sometimes people in public questions periods can ask some, you know, kind of irrelevant things. But this was that was right on point. And I think this is why it's important, because the questions were so pointed and they were totally asking within the council's remit because the rules the standing orders and, and if you look at the agenda of the meeting it said public are invited to ask questions as long as it's about something the council you know have have jurisdiction over it didn't say it has to be about the agenda or the budget or whatever it just says anything that's our responsibility so all of the questions are really pointed it wasn't saying hey you know the police should be investigating these stories of abuse but why are you not investigating that's not the, the tone that was set and i think that was that was great of the people asking questions and it just highlighted how the council is trying to protect scientology rather than siding with the victims because they didn't answer any of the questions and when they uploaded it to youtube they completely took out the entire public question section it's not the the disclaimer of protecting people from potential legal you know that's to do with allegations of abuse so their argument is because danielle said that these things happened to her we want to protect her from being sued for making false allegations so we just cut it out but that that excuse doesn't fly when you take out all of the questions because only one of them had a personal story. And even then that question had no allegations in it. So it's completely incorrect to use that excuse. And also consider the fact the reason she spoke at the council meeting was because it's a public meeting that's on the public record. She wanted to get this on the public record so that it couldn't be censored. So the fact that the council are now censoring it, it's insane. And to say that they're doing it for her protection, don't, you know, don't lie. The only people they're protecting is the Church of Scientology. When is the Mid-Sussex 
uh, district council going to meet next? Because they should be asked some questions about Dick Sweatman. Mid-Sussex District Council are meeting in just a couple of weeks, and I can assure you I will be there in person. It's the next level up, so it's a bit more stringent in terms of the protocol, um, things you can ask. You have to submit your question in advance, which means they can prepare a statement to respond. So it's a lot more formal. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as exciting as this was, but I can assure you I will be there, and I will pose um, some relevant questions um, and if anyone listening to this or watching this wants to join and is in the area, you are more than welcome to join us. Um, I'll post the details um, of, of the time and all. You have to register beforehand and a few things like that. But I think that the point is East Grinstead um, Town Council thought this was going away. When I first messaged Fraser Visser in November, I messaged the mayor and said, do you think it's appropriate that you went to the IES event to accept a check? And then I messaged him saying, why are you also now going to turn on the Christmas lights at St. Hill? Oh, and then I found out about the town's Christmas light switch on event where they were using Scientology volunteers to marshal all the traffic and tell councillors where to go and when to be there. Like Scientology were running the show. And it just, that was a big, it, it raised an eyebrow and it was a big alarm bell for me. So I started questioning this relationship in November and I think at the time, the council just misjudged it as a disgruntled former Scientologist that's just causing a bit of a stir. He's just a bit of a nuisance. It'll go away eventually. But no, I, I'm not kidding when I say I'm not messing about. I'm only just getting started because at every single time I've come across them or you know gone to a meeting, it's just grown in strength and numbers to the point we had seven people at the last meeting. And now there is huge pressure on the council and they're making it worse for themselves, right? By censoring the YouTube video, they've now also censored the actual minutes, right? They released the draft minutes of the meeting and it says no reference to Scientology whatsoever. It completely cuts out the question and just says, oh, some people asked some irrelevant questions about an organization and they were batted off. It doesn't even say what the questions were or what the answers were, which they have to as a matter of public record so they are making it worse for themselves and that's why it's not going away all they have to do is look at it and go maybe we should investigate here that you know this is something local people are concerned about maybe we need to do some reflection they don't even need to come up with a judgment at this stage they're making it worse and i'm certainly not going away yeah because i remember you know um i think we were all interested in the fact that David Miscavige was going to make his return to England after the pandemic. We were all curious about whether Tom Cruise was going to show up. He did show up. Um, I mean, whether the local officials are safe pointed wasn't even in the top 10 things we were thinking about in those weeks leading up to the protest, was it? I mean, I mean, obviously you were thinking about, are they going to allow my protest and stuff? But I can tell you that I was much more interested in the turnout, in what Dave was going to say, which we found out, um, getting a look inside the tent, which we did. I mean, there were just so many things I was interested in. Um, so it's been really fun because we're always curious about safe pointing. We're always curious about the kind of relationships that Scientology tries to develop with local politicians and law enforcement. And man, you've been pulling that string and now we've gotten some just absolutely beautiful examples with these emails just demonstrating how they've got these politicians on speed dial, man. 
They're yeah, running. Lit- they're quite running literally. down to the office as quick as possible to do what they can. Literally, right? I think that's the thing. When I went into the protest, I knew that there was going to be an element of safe pointing that we were going to come across. I knew the mayor was going to go to the event and I knew I thought there was going to be a little bit of of this going on. But what I didn't expect is quite how deep and how far the infiltration has gone. And as time has gone by, I've realized, no, it's not just the mayor that, you know, rubs shoulders with Dave Miscavige and is invited to the events. And as soon as he's not mayor anymore, it's on to the next. No, they're not just focusing on the mayor. It's infiltration that has been going on for decades. A lot of the councillors have been on the council for a very long time. So they've had years of going to these events and building relationships with Scientology. Some of them have now moved up to the next level of government, which is the district council, Dick Sweatman, and they're on speed dial. So this is how safe pointing works in the long game that they play is build relationships with everybody that they possibly can at the lowest levels. Because over time, as their career progresses, they're going to get higher and higher positions. And then next thing you know, you have a connection with the member of parliament, Mims Davies, who also went to the event, the IAS event in November, and is issuing them an award for the community effort and work that they did during the pandemic, which is outrageous because she's the minister for disabled people. And you and I both know Scientology don't look positively on disabled people. It's outrageous, but it just goes to show the extent to which this influence has grown and safe pointing has been successful, which is why it's so worrying. What do you think they get out of it, Alex? What what does Dick Sweatman get out of this relationship? Um, he gets some nice cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off in little triangles on a plate um, served to him with some nice tea and some scones and Liz Osterman from Scientology going, oh, you're, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. You're great. You're fantastic. Yeah. Here, have another crumpet. I kid you not. That's the extent of it. Right. And yes, I'm using lots of Britishisms there, but it's true. That is the nature of how this wooing happens in the UK. It's like it's tea and scones. It's afternoon tea and biscuits in the monkey room at St. Hill. It's making him feel special and important for an afternoon and giving him an opportunity to feel like, you know, someone with power and authority um, and the most important person in the room and stroking his ego. It's the same with Fraser Visser and everyone else that's involved in this. It's it's just giving them what they want to make them feel like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Now, I want to make it really clear as well that it's not the entire council who are corrupt. There are a notable number of councillors who have stayed quite silent on the topic publicly, but I know are very unhappy at you know some of these stories that are coming out um it, it's the majority of the council are on scientology's pocket but there are notable number of, of of others who do not support this and it's going to be really interesting to see how they react to that um in the coming coming weeks i guess it was pretty smart of elron hubbard to uh put his headquarters out there in a small town um because how i mean how how much interest would the, is there in the local population to do something about this. I mean, you obviously you could at least uh if you're a local uh resident there ask your politicians not to slobber all over Scientology and at least just treat them as just another business in town and you know, okay, you know, well uh, I think that's the excuse that they give, right? Fraser Visser is always the mayor has always said I treat all of 
you know the residents equally and you know therefore i don't pass judgment and so on. it's like well you're not treating them equally because they are such a small proportion of the population you're giving them way more time and attention than any other proportion of the population in kind of when you do the maths behind it um it's just they feel make you feel like they're a large part of the community they've got a lot of money a power influence and they're in your ear all the time but it's a very small number of people when you actually look at it um but i think you know i just when we did the protest a number of local residents spoke to me when we were at the side of the road when we were at the pub afterwards when we were around the town in the days before and after a number of residents have contacted me since over Facebook and in emails and such going, Alex, thank you so much for raising this because I'm a local resident and I've been concerned about this for years. But at the end of the day, Scientology are my neighbours, so I can't stand up and poke the bear and be annoying or a nuisance. I don't want to risk it because, you know, I have to get along with them because they're my neighbour. So thank you for doing this because I don't feel like I can. And there are other people who have said, thank you for doing this because I'm scared. I'm worried about being fair gamed, essentially, and it's just not worth the risk. So local residents are aware and they are afraid. And in a way, it's just taken, you know, a couple of people like Danielle and the others who spoke out to say, hey, this is a problem that needs addressing. And I think, like you say, it's pulling the the string and it's just going to unwrap and as it grows i think residents are going to realize it's safe to speak out and speak your mind and you're not going to get fair gamed but you need to knock out that layer of support protection first before that's going to happen well you anticipated my next question and that was um i i, I think you're right that dick sweatman and fraser visser enjoy the love bombing and they enjoy the you know people catering to them but I have wondered, is there also an element of fear? Are, are the politicians there afraid? They know Scientology's reputation. They know what might happen if they go against them. I can tell you that that's definitely a situation over here where, you know, people know that, oh, I can't take them on. And, and so, uh, you know, politicians here are loath to do anything. But do you think there's any of that there? I think to begin with, no, because they didn't see that side to it. I think to begin with, it was just like you say, love bombing, loving it, cool. It's not a problem. No one's bringing it up. No one cares. It's such a small issue, whatever. It does no harm. I think now that it's been brought up, um, I think now people are definitely scared because councillors are being put in a position where they have to decide, are they for or against the Church of Scientology? And suddenly it becomes a very real thing in their minds of, oh, no, this is an organization that you don't want to go up against, and there are repercussions. And so I think there is an element of fear now that perhaps wasn't there previously. But what I just want to encourage these councillors to do is like, you know, it's your duty as an elected public official to stand up to, you know, extremist belief systems and totalitarian authoritarian groups that are a threat to your local democracy that's why you are in government and that's why that's your responsibility and duty um so if you're not going to stand up to them who bloody is you know do your duty do your due diligence and stand up for the people of your local town and those who aren't doing that um i don't think they'll last the next election because i think there's enough eyes on this now that local residents realize that this is an important issue and i think 
we're start I'm starting to see more engagement on community groups on Facebook and stuff where people are a little bit more willing to discuss it and what it took was the publishing of the article that said why are the councils censoring these questions irrespective of your belief on Scientology a question was asked and the council are, are trying to censor it like there's something dodgy going on here and I think that is what has triggered a lot of people locally to start being concerned and it's going to take a center stage I think in the next election. Wow I mean it's a fascinating situation because it does feel like to a certain extent uh, in East Grinstead at least there just wasn't a lot of questioning of what was going on and you really changed that. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. They've been escaping accountability because everyone's too scared to hold anyone to account. It's very British and, you know, conservative with a small C and, oh, oh so I'm terribly sorry, you know, oh, if you wouldn't quite mind, you know, too polite, no, please. You know, but it's very much like that. And there's nothing wrong with it. Great. That's, that's who we are as British people. It's lovely. But you need to kind of overstep that when it comes to people being abused and hurt and raped and trafficked as children you know that's the sort of thing that does require you to stand up and put your foot down um so i'm hoping that we can overcome a bit of that british reservedness for the sake of people's safeguarding and the the abuse of vulnerable people and when you put it like that people start to see it in a different light you know i put a tweet out earlier today that said something along the lines of the mayor is considered the foremost citizen of the town and second only to the sovereign. What picture does it paint to the people of East Grinstead and indeed the country of your town um, when this person is engaging with a human trafficking cult um, and covering up and avoiding accountability by censoring the minutes to a public meeting? What message does that send? And what image does that leave in your head of the king, right? And when you put it like that, people start to go, huh, yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> maybe well, and, we should look into it. Maybe one of the most telling moments uh, during that question period was, I think it was the third person who spoke up, prefaced her comments by saying that she's disabled. And she said that Scientology wouldn't want me. And then she talked about you know, again, she put it to the mayor, why are you helping them out or something? And during his response, when he's just sort of dismissing things and trying to move on, the mayor did say, I'm unaware of their policy regarding disabled people. And I thought that was a telling moment because, yeah, you know, one of the one of Scientology's central slogans is we help the able be more able. Uh, they're not interested in you if you're in a wheelchair because that obviously shows you're a degraded being or whatever. Um, maybe that's part of the problem is that a guy like Mayor Visser just doesn't know much about Scientology, except that they're those friendly people that keep treating him like a rock star. Uh, so, you know, maybe it is important that he starts to learn some of these things. A hundred percent of what these counselors know about Scientology up until this point has come from Scientology themselves because right. they haven't it's it i think it started out with naivety and ignorance and it has now evolved into corruption i think i went into the, you know someone left this comment on my um one of my blog posts the other day and i thought it was so perfectly put and i'm now adopting it um because i agree i went into this thinking that they were just naive and now i see that they're corrupt because that is exactly what's happened they they have no reason to look into their belief system or 
what they teach about disabled people because why would they when they're treated like a rock star like you just say but now it's the problem and they're being called out for it i think they're realizing that they haven't done their due diligence and instead of owning up to it instead saying hey i messed up i should have looked into this and i didn't please would you mind educating me so that i don't make the same mistake again no they've just doubled down and said no fuck you basically excuse my french but I went into this from the very beginning saying to the counsellors, I would like to come in. One of my first messages to them was, I'm concerned you don't know enough about what goes on behind closed doors at St. Hill. Here are some videos of 11 people sharing their personal testimony of what goes on at St. Hill. Please educate yourselves and listen to this side of the story. They didn't want any of it. In the last formal email that I sent to the, the council earlier this week, I said, um, please, I would like to come in, give me an hour of your time or two hours, and I can come in and I'd just like to brief you on what life is like at St. Hill and why you should be aware of these things and why it's an important issue. You don't have to delve into the belief system. I'm not going to ask you to make any judgments. I just want to make you aware. This is why it's important. I want to educate you. And I haven't yet had a response, but that's been the message all along is ignorance is not an excuse. And that ignorance has now turned into corruption. Um, so among the emails that we got our hands on, there were a couple that I did not include in the story, today's story, but I want to ask you about it. Um, there were They were also in a couple emails talking about the Christmas light thing. And they just happened, the Scientologist who was writing to the council just happened to mention, you know, normally in past years, the IAS Gala, which is supposed to be this anniversary of the International Association of Scientologists, um, that anniversary is in October. And we're used to that thing. They put up the big tent and on one of the weekends in October, they have this thing. Now this year, they haven't done it since 2019. They didn't do it in 2021 and 22 because of the pandemic. So this year, 2023, they're putting it back up. Um, but I remember when you first got the flyer, it said November 3rd through 5th. And we kind of thought that was a little funny because they usually do it in October. I didn't think much of it. But then you, we, one of the emails we got a hold of, the Scientologist did say we got delayed and it got moved back to November. Now, why did you think that was significant? I have no idea. I think that if you look at it, it the timing... It all kind of coincided with the Danny Masterson case and Leah Rett. Like, there's a lot going on that was at the forefront of Dave Miscavige's mind. I personally, and I have no evidence of this, this is just my assumption. I believe that at the beginning of the year, they set out, we're going to do the IES event again this year, as normal in October. As the year progressed, everything became too much they needed to focus on what's important the legal cases so they put the hold on it they said okay we'll do it but we'll postpone it and then once the case was out of the way and the summer was out of the way and they okay let's start thinking about the is event it was suddenly like right go 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 last minute put the tent up and get it done because normally the i you can you can see signs that the tent is going to start going up in sort of august time because they start putting pegs out in the ground marking where the tent's going to go like there are signs where if you know what you're looking for you can tell they're preparing for the event months before the actual event happens 
there was no sign of that whatsoever until about six weeks beforehand. I found out four weeks beforehand that this was going to happen and instantly contacted the council to ask for the road closure, like you mentioned earlier, and said, hey, I want to do a protest. And they said, what are you protesting? What event? We haven't even heard of this. And they normally get notified at the beginning, I think, of September, if I remember rightly, from from the uh, the emails. So the fact that even the count, like, it was a very rushed decision, but the fact that they mentioned postponement indicates to me they, they did plan to do it originally, and then they had to move it back. And then when they decided to move it back, they're like, well, look, we need to get it done now. Otherwise, it's going to be December or January. And no one's going to want to stand in a field in the cold, wet, dark, muddy Sussex lanes of East Grinstead in January when it's quite possibly right. snowing. <laughs> well, I mean, at the least, what it shows is, you know, large organizations that have these annual events, like Scientology has the big, you know, New Year's, LRH birthday, you know, Large organizations that have those established things have a lot of moving parts, a lot of different people with different, you know, parts of the whole project. And it's a very set thing set up months and months, if not years early. This shows, though, that what do we know about Scientology? That it's really all serving the whim of one man, David Miscavige. And if he says, move it back, move it up, everything moves at the last second. That's just the way... The Sea Org works. Everything's always the last minute emergency. And it's up to David Miscavige. And for whatever reason, David Miscavige decided, oh, let's go ahead and do that. What's the next weekend we can do it? November 3rd. Okay, let's do it. Okay. I think you're right. It probably has something to do with the fact that Danny Masterson had been sentenced on September 7th. And they were looking for some counter to all the bad publicity. Another way that we see the way that it's all a whim of David Miscavige, of course, is the ideal org program. Right, that it, he was up to like three, four, five ideal orgs a year being opened before the pandemic. I remember there was a time when he had uh, an ideal org open on a Saturday, and then another one on Sunday with about five hundred miles between them, and he had flown and all that. So I mean, there was a time when he was really getting them out. We have heard for more than a year that Paris, Austin, Chicago and a second Mexico City ideal org were all coming. Uh, we've talked earlier about, in, in his November and, and December speeches, him talking about it's all coming out in January and February. Here we are, February, none of them have opened. Uh, Austin's permit keeps getting moved back. Now it's moved back to fe uh, February 24th, they've got a permit. I did just get a report from a reader that there is some change on the outside of the building. Some of that uh, sort of like, crappy looking covering has been pulled off maybe there's something going on there chicago still looks the same what are you hearing about paris because um miscavige was making it sound like paris was going to be the first yeah so the last i heard was i think it was last weekend or the weekend before it would have been the I can't remember if it was the 21st or 25th of January, something like this. Um, there was still minor construction work happening at the new Paris Ideal Org building. Um, I, you know, they've for all intents and purposes finished it. They've taken all the pictures, like it is ready to go. But there was minor construction happening, which means it's not quite finished. Um, they have completed the Central Files project. Um, the Sea Org are on site and are now really pushing through to get it over the line. So it is in the final, final stages, I think. Um, you know, I read an article earlier today 
that was published a few it was published last week that suggested they submitted a permit for um the opening event last weekend which surprised me because there is a huge space out the front of the building that's private land before you get to the pathway so they could open the ideologue without having to close any roads or do any filming or anything and if you look at the permit that was applied for it wasn't a road closure it was a permit to film a large gathering of people which i guess you would need on private land regardless of whether it's on the sidewalk or not so that's the permit that was issued it said it was going to happen on the 25th 26th 27th of january i don't think it has if you look at the internal comms and the flyers and the promo on social media it's still saying coming soon um it's delayed for some reason or another who knows um i do think it's imminent it will happen soon they will have to have it open um before the olympics this summer because that's like number one priority for scientology right now i can imagine in the ideal org program get paris open so that they can have a physical presence from you know the main arena the stade de france which is 200 meters away they're going to really, really need to get that open and fully staffed to have a presence for that. But I, I don't have any, I don't know. It's delayed. They said January. It's now February. So Dave Miscavige, once again, has lied. Well, that'll be interesting if we get all the way to LRH birthday next month and still waiting on all four. Of course, no one in the audience would dare ask. Hey, Dave, you told us that we'd have four new ideal orgs by now. Why, he would just blame they? it on the SPs anyway. He would just say, oh, all the suppressive people in local government throwing barriers our way. We've had to bust through all this suppression to make it happen. He'll come up with some excuse like that, I'm sure. Well, we keep watching. Uh, you know, again, it's it's the whim of David Miscavige when, when, when he's going to make these open because he wants a party and we'll see. But uh, thank you for keeping an eye on Paris for us. Um, what else is going on in your world? Um, lots I can't talk about, unfortunately, Tony. You know, what you guys are seeing is uh, with what I'm doing with East Grinstead Town Council and Diane Abbott with the fraud investigation request. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that is um, all very exciting and I wish I could talk about and I'm sure it will come out at some point but there's a lot of press interest in what's going on I've been working with a number of journalists for several months on a few things that I'm hoping will come to head in the next couple of weeks um, I think eyes are on what's going on at the moment and when you have a senior member of government or you know former shadow home secretary asking to investigate Scientology's finances for fraud that turns a lot of heads people start paying attention at that point and that's all i say for now i'm just going to keep my head down and keep working on it and and hope we get some eyes on this because it needs public attention well one person who certainly noticed was leah remini and last week i published that statement from her i haven't had a chance to ask you what a shock that. Like I, you know, I want to make it really clear to people. I did not ask you or Leah to do this. It when you messaged me and said, "Look, I've got this statement for Leah." For me, I was like, "Wow, complete." So thank you, Leah, and thank you, Tony, for for doing that. It's very kind of you. I didn't expect it, and it wasn't needed in any way, shape, or form. But it it just goes to show how strong we are as a community when we collaborate and work together. We you know help each other out and i think that's really important and you know it's going to sound very much oh thank you very much oh thank you very much oh no thank you no thank you but it, it you know it, it did mean a lot to, to get that validation to use a scientology term 
from Leah and she recognizes what, what we're doing and, and how we're going about this. I had no idea she even knew about the Diane Abbott fraud investigation thing. So it just shows how close and I she's paying attention to what's going on with Scientology internationally. Well, I think she I think she appreciates it because, you know, that's I know that's what she'd like to see happen in the United States is some national level politician saying the kind of things that Diane Abbott did, saying that, listen, uh, yeah, we'll take a look into this thing you're asking about. But I think we need a widespread investigation of Scientology's financial fraud. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I wanted people to understand that's big. And um and Leah thinks it's big too. So you know, once again, way to go, Alex. And it started because you wrote your you wrote your governmental representative. And I think anyone watching this, wherever you are in the world, even if you live in some small town in the middle of nowhere, in you know, you know, very rural America or Canada, or you live in South America, doesn't matter where you are. Um, Scientology has roots all over the world. Even if there's no org or church or mission near you, it's important to raise this issue with your local representative because you never know. There could be another representative in a local state that's trying really hard to battle Scientology and just needs to support someone else. So write to your local representative and make it known that you do not support Scientology or that you're concerned about this and that. And they have to act on your behalf because they're your representative. And the more sort of stuff like this we have on the record, the more it becomes apparent on the global stage that people worldwide are concerned about the influence Scientology is having on people's lives. So the more we can get on the record, the better. So please write to your state representative, your member of parliament, your councillor, whoever, and, and get it on the record, even if it results in no action, it's helpful. All right. All right. Well, listen, thank you for uh, getting roping me in on the email story. I very much enjoyed doing that. I'm sorry Dick Sweatman did not get back to us. I was hoping to include some quotes from him. Uh, Dick, if you're out there, I would love to hear your side of things. I would, I'll print your quotes in full drop us a line and uh yeah please give us more dick sweat man <laughs> I, I i really would i i would love to hear hear from him all right <laughs> sorry i couldn't resist but no i i, I do mean it you know thank you for, for collaborating with me on that and like i said the, the the more we work together the better and i think it's um uh, it's great when we can work together on stories like that. And thank you for writing Scientology Business. I, I enjoy writing for your Underground Bunker too and, you know, working together and seeing what happens in the, the near future. So thank you. All right, man. Thank you very much. And uh, that's our latest episode of the Underground Bunker podcast. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Again, again, again. Yeah.